We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What's going on, Packer fans? Welcome into this bonus Saturday edition of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Just got the final injury report for Packers Giants, so wanted to go over that. Also had a couple questions about like a week 14 primer of which teams were cheering for, which teams were cheering against. Most of them are pretty common sense, but we'll go through all of that as well and kind of go through some of the win percentages and which you know what each win and loss could potentially mean. But let's start off with the Packers injury report. From Green Bay's point of view, unfortunately, Christian Watson is out for this game. And I do believe that Green Bay has the receivers to sort of make up for his absence. They've played without Christian in the past. They've won in week one, won in week three against the Bears and the Fel- or excuse me, the Saints without Christian Watson. So uh, it's not some impossible task, but you don't have to go very far back just the last week to see the type of impact that Christian Watson can ha- you know, have on any given game when he is playing well his impact in that Chiefs game was massive. And he does have some of that 
I, I hate to call it like an MVS effect, but you know, MVS had the ability to affect the game with his speed, even when he wasn't getting the ball. And Christian Watson has some of that as well, where he's dragging defenders with him as he's using his speed to just kind of, whether it's traverse the, the entirety of the field or just take something on a nine route. A lot of times that grabs a corner, a safety, or just multiple defenders, and that can open up things elsewhere. So losing his speed and his playmaking ability, some of his possession uh, ability, which we saw this past week against KC show up a little bit more, that stuff's going to hurt and it's going to sting and it's going to make things harder against the Giants. Not unexpected though. I think pretty much all week long, we expected Christian not to be able to go in this game, but I do think it will have some impact. It's going to mean more Romeo Dobbs, more Jaden Reed, more Dontavian Wicks specifically, and probably a little bit more Malik Heath. Would expect that Samore Toure is active this week. He has been a healthy scratch more often than not. So those should be Green Bay's five receivers. They could call up a Bo Melton. Theoretically, we'll get call-ups on Sunday uh, and see who they, they do call up for the game. Actually, they, they, we might get call-ups on Monday. Um, I think they hey, they could do it either day, technically. But um, either way, we'll see. But I would expect Samari Toria likely to go in this one with the main beneficiaries from a snap count standpoint really being Malik Heath and more specifically Dontavian Wicks. Meanwhile, Green Bay has one player that's listed as doubtful, and that is Quay Walker. This is also a pretty impactful injury. Now, I still think there's a lot of, I, I guess, like improvement and just things that Quay can still do better, but there's no questioning that he is an impactful player in a variety of different ways. His speed on the second level is just a little bit different. He's got great coverage ability, has the ability to spy a quarterback. Like there, there are some things that Quay definitely brings to the table, and it feels like some of that speed and athleticism is definitely missing when he's not out there. This is going to mean more Isaiah McDuffie. We could see, as I talked about with Paul Brettel yesterday, um, maybe more of their package where they go three defensive linemen or interior defensive linemen with, you know, let's say Kenny Clark, TJ Slayton, and Devontae Wyatt with two edge players, Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith, with just one inside linebacker. In this case, it would be Devondre Campbell with Keyshawn in the slot, hopefully Jair, and then either Carrington or uh, Corey Ballantyne on the other side, and then two safeties deep. So we could see a little bit more of that, but zero question about it. This is going to mean a lot more playing time for Isaiah McDuffie. We'll see a lot of two linebacker sets, and he will be the beneficiary of that. So McDuffie, very instinctual player, not afraid to play you know, behind the line of scrimmage, he will shoot gaps. He will try to make plays in the backfield. Struggles from time to time with the sideline to sideline speed. Struggles from time to time with holding up at the point of attack, specifically against bigger guards. But so does Quake, to be totally honest. So this will be a, a bit of a downgrade, in my opinion. But Isaiah's played pretty solid football for Green Bay when he's been in there. And I know, like Mike Wall um, has you know been calling for more Isaiah McDuffie. Uh, other people have as well. So this will definitely be a big opportunity for him to continue to show himself, prove himself, and maybe show that he is a starting caliber linebacker in the NFL, but will definitely mean more playing time for him on Monday. Multiple players are questionable, actually four to be exact. Jair Alexander may be the biggest one of those. This is a coin flip. We have no idea. Last week, it seemed like it was trending in the right direction, and then he didn't play. This week, he continues to practice, but this it, it seems like they're more concerned about a potential, you know, re-aggravation and, you know, just making sure that it's good to go before he gets back out there. I, yeah, there's been some like weird rumors and buzz and everything like that surrounding Jair. I I don't make anything of that yet. I haven't seen or heard anything concrete, but Green Bay needs him out there at some point. Like he for for the the struggles that he had earlier in the season for, you know, some of the run deficiencies that he has in his game. He is still a top-notch cover corner, especially when he's playing his best football. 
At some point, they need that Jair Alexander back. They need not only him to be in the lineup, but they need him to be Jair freaking Alexander. If he can be that, he adds a ton to this defense. And that's what you have to hope for if and when they get him back, whether it's this week, a following week, whenever that that is, they need A plus Jair Alexander. So hopefully they get him back and hopefully he's able to go full speed ahead and be that dominant cover corner that he has every right to be every time he steps out on the field. Aaron Jones, another this is a, a pretty big impact player clearly as well, but specifically with how they utilize the running game. And I, I think the next question would become if Aaron does play in this game, just how many snaps are they using them for? Do you start Dylan still and then just give Jones kind of some of those, you know, maybe five to 10 to 15 snaps here and there throughout the course of the game when maybe you need him most? Do you start him and let him go until you don't have any snaps left? I, I think that's going to have to be something that they work with as well. My guess is they are a little bit more cautious here and they maybe wait one more week, especially with it being on turf. I know Matt said that that wouldn't necessarily be in the consideration, at least as far as he's concerned. But to me, let him come back against Tampa next week at home and just make 100% sure that he's good to go. Because the worst thing that you could have is some sort of aggravation and he plays a handful of snaps, doesn't quite look himself. And now he's out three, four more weeks with uh, aggravation of the injury. Either way, you hope he's back at some point sooner rather than later. And if that's this week, that'd be great. And you want to see him out there at 100% as soon as possible. But this will change the game one way or the other. And if he is out there and if he is anywhere near himself, that would be a big get for Green Bay and just kind of open up some more opportunities in the running game, which should hopefully open up some more opportunities downfield in the passing game off of play action and those sort of things. So that's another big questionable. Darnell Savage also listed as questionable. I would bet, or at least guess, I'll say it that way. I would guess that he's probably trending towards playing. He did come back and play in the game last week, and then he did practice this week as well. So hopefully trending in the right direction and he gets the start. But the other thing Green Bay could look at is they say, you know, basically saying we've got four safeties that we've started this year and there hasn't been a clear differentiator. If he's a little bit banged up and not hundred percent, maybe 70, 80% Darnell Savage is actually a worse start than hundred percent Jonathan Owens or hundred percent Rudy Ford or hundred percent Anthony Johnson Jr. Assuming those guys are actually hundred percent as well. But that could be another thing that they maybe look at is maybe they activate him, but maybe give him a lesser role. Maybe they only play him in dime. That will be something that will be noteworthy as well. I don't think that that one's as big of a, a deal one way or the other, just because they have had the depth at safety and there hasn't been a major drop-off when uh, you know Owens or Ford or, or Anthony Johnson Jr. have really been in there. But if Darnell can go, I'm sure he'll be going and I'm sure they would love him to start if at all possible. And then the other one's really interesting. That's Eric Stokes. They said that they may or, you know, they may activate him off IR. That window is closing, so they need to do so. I still think that gets done. Now, they could activate him off IR and just make him inactive for the game, meaning, you know, you give him a 53-man roster spot back, but he's one of your game day inactives. That maybe isn't with you know, without the realm of possibility. My guess is he's active, activated, active for the game and is probably limited to a smaller special teams role. I, I don't think they're just going to put him back in the defensive rotation as I talked about yesterday with Paul. But if he's not activated, that's a story in and of itself because then he's out the remainder of the season. So that's why I don't think that's an option. If anything, my guess would be they put him on the 53 and then just deactivate him for this week. The question will be is, A, does he play? And B, if so, is it just special teams? Does he get in on defense? Is it more than that? Is it less than that? 
we're just going to have to kind of keep an eye on it. But I would expect him to get activated off of IR. But after that, it's more of a, a coin flip or a toss up either way. So just to kind of recap, Christian Watson is out. Quay Walker is doubtful. Jair, Aaron Jones, Darnell Savage, and Eric Stokes are all questionable. That means the players that are good to go that showed up on an injury report at any time this week are Devondre Campbell, Josiah DeGuara, AJ Dillon, Rashawn Gary, Elton Jenkins being the big one where he sat out at portions of this week, not even questionable. He is good to go and cleared. So that is great news. Keyshawn Nixon, Jonathan Owens, Jaden Reed, and Devontae Wyatt. All of those players do not have an injury designation and are good to go for Monday Night Football in New York. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Packer fans? It is time that you make Little Caesars, which is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day routine. If you guys know anything about me whatsoever, you know that I love pizza, that every time the Packers win, I have a victory pizza. And what you should also know is that victory pizza is from Little Caesars. I This is no joke. Little Caesars, by far and away, my favorite pizza. What you can do is you can order online during their pizza pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day on Sunday. And then you can get ready for football and fun Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza. Pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. For me, I have the same order every single time. I'm going with their hot and ready pizza, pepperoni, no questions about it. And more importantly than anything else, always, 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 always get the crazy bread. It is, in my opinion, the best food that you can get on the market. I'm not joking. I love crazy bread. Love, love, love crazy bread. Get it every single time. You win when you get crazy bread. And speaking of winning, Literally everyone scores with convenient delivery or their in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends, enjoy a few slices during the game, and always get your victory pizza from Little Caesars. You won't regret it. Pizza, pizza. Hey, friends. I'm sure you're all familiar with some of the hassles of finding game tickets at a reasonable price without all the headaches that go along with it. I've been on a bit of a roll lately as I went through one ticketing service that never sent me the tickets and I had to panically try to get a hold of somebody the day of the game. I had another service that didn't allow me to transfer tickets. So when I could no longer go to the Wisconsin Iowa game, transferring the tickets was extremely difficult. It was just all so frustrating. That was until I found GameTime. GameTime is so easy to use with a low price guarantee, event cancellation protection, easy to find tickets, and an even easier to use app. GameTime is the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds and they are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through emails and have those same panicky moments that I did the day of a game. So next time you're buying tickets, make sure you snag them using GameTime, stress-free. 
Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Packaday for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Packaday for $20 off. Oh, and Game Time is also a great way to buy tickets for a holiday gift. Just make sure to use code Packaday. Download Game Time today, last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Hey there. I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet? Do you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the Promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. I've had so much fun making Prize Picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. I even had a fun J.K. Scott selection the other day for the Chargers game. I recently had a big win on Saturday morning in a London game, and it just made the viewing experience so much more enjoyable. It's fun, it's exciting, it's easy, and there's a level of creativity and uniqueness about it that I really, really enjoy. So go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Meanwhile, on a giant side of things, Evan Neal is officially out for the game. Now, I know uh, Mike Wall earlier this week mentioned that he was actually kind of hoping that Evan Neal would play in this game because he's not playing very well, and he thought Tyree Phillips is actually playing a little bit better. It will be Phillips starting in his place. Phillips has been up and down, but he's not like a top-tier offensive lineman either. That's still a matchup that if you're Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Kings Landing Barre, you know, any of those guys, that they're hoping that they can ultimately go out and win. This Giants offensive line, just not very good. Green Bay has to win that matchup. And whether Evan Neal being out is super impactful one way or the other, maybe harder to say, but I don't think you're too upset that Tyree Phillips is the, the player starting in his spot either. Green Bay has the opportunity to win that matchup. Questionable players include Daniel Bellinger, the tight end who did not practice again with an illness on Saturday. Paris Campbell, the wide receiver, Dexter Lawrence, their big time defensive tackle, Ashawn Robinson, defensive tackle, and then Isaiah Simmons, their off-ball linebacker. However, the big one in that list clearly unquestionably is Dexter Lawrence. And Brian Dable did say that he is hopeful that Dexter Lawrence will return this week. My guess is he goes. What I mentioned uh, earlier this week is that now it just depends of, all right, Dexter Lawrence is going to play. The first question is how many snaps can he play? And the second is, is he still dominant Dexter Lawrence? Because guys, Dexter Lawrence, if he is his himself in hundred percent or anywhere near it, is a game wrecker. He is so insanely good. If he's like 75%, 60% of his normal abilities and superpowers, if you will, that changes things quite a bit as well. New York needs him to be a dominating presence on the interior of that defensive line. We'll have matchups against Josh Myers, John Runyon Jr., matchups that he theoretically should win. Maybe gets matched up against Elton Jenkins from time to time, which you feel a little bit better about if you're a Packers fan. But this is going to be a real big key to this game is just how impactful he can be if he does in fact go. If Lawrence isn't like himself, that's like the one guy that you have to worry about on this Giants defense. Saquon's the guy on the, on the Giants offense, and he's running behind a poor offensive line. 
this is a matchup still when we'll get into it more over the, you know, basically on, um, uh, on Monday specifically, uh, you know, when we go through our pregame show, but this is a matchup Green Bay needs to win these injuries. You know, Green Bay still has some impactful injuries, no question about it, but New York is just lacking in big play players and players that can beat you with any level of consistency. Dexter Lawrence's health is going to be a big key to that one way or the other. All right, let's finish things off today with a week 14 primer. So if you use the New York Times simulator machine and it you know kind of goes through a variety of different simulations, it currently gives Green Bay about a 70% chance to make the playoffs. Depending on if, if you do it, it could go down sometimes to like 68%. Sometimes it goes up to 72%, but usually it's around 70% chance to make the playoffs. Without me breaking any news here, very clearly and obviously, the Packers win over the Giants is the biggest thing that you're cheering for this week. Obviously, because you're a Packers fan, but B, it very clearly and obviously gives them their best chance moving forward as well. It's the biggest impact of anything this week. If they beat the Giants, just remember, Green Bay has their destiny in their own hands. They win out, they're in the playoffs. It's as simple as that. So they control their own destiny, but a win would move Green Bay to a 77% chance to make the playoffs independent of anything else that happens during the week. And a loss would move Green Bay down to about a 48% chance to make the playoffs. A massive swing, a 30% difference basically in probability to make the playoffs. You go from a three quarters of the time likely to make the playoffs to only a coin flips chance to make the playoffs. Green Bay would still have a really good chance if they go 4-0 the rest of the season, even if they lost to New York, but every win matters at this point. They need to get this win against New York, keep the pressure on everyone else, stay in that number seven, or maybe even move up to that number six spot, and maybe even start putting pressure on the number five spot, or maybe even the NFC North spot, depending on what happens in those games. More on that in just a moment, but Green Bay needs to get the win against 77% chance if they win, 48% chance if they lose. The next game we'll talk about is Buccaneers-Falcons. This one, per the New York Times simulator, doesn't really change or move the needle one way or the other in Green Bay's favor. I, I believe that their simulations are probably correct, but to me, it's very... I'll, I'll still go about it this way. I want the Falcons to win the NFC South. The reason being is you don't want to have any sort of tiebreaker come into this from a wildcard standpoint because Atlanta beat Green Bay when it comes to the, you know, in the regular season. So if it comes down to a tiebreaker, Atlanta is going to have that tiebreaker on Green Bay. Now we could argue that the odds that, you know, Atlanta loses this game and then wins enough games to be in the wild card conversation and Green Bay and them are ultimately tied. And it's, it maybe isn't super like obvious or clear that that could potentially happen. But if Atlanta wins the the conference, your Carolina clearly not going to be a wild card contender. Your other two potential wild card contenders in the NFC South are the Buccaneers, who you'll play next week and have the opportunity to beat next week and just kind of take out of the picture in that game. And the Saints, you already have the win against from a tiebreaker standpoint. So keep the teams that you have tiebreakers against down in the wild card standings and keep the team that you don't have the tiebreaker against up in the NFC South and have them win it so that you don't even have to have that come into any sort of, you know, any sort of um, play as a, a tiebreaker scenario. So I'm going, I would prefer the Buccaneers win this game. Now, maybe you, you could make the argument that maybe it gives Tampa Bay a little bit of momentum going into Green Bay next week. All right. You could argue that and maybe a loss against the, the Falcons, maybe takes away some momentum and just has them feeling like they're not going to be a playoff team anyway. Now they got to go to cold Lambeau. 
I would at least understand the argument, but from a pure playoff standpoint, give me the Falcons in this one and let Green Bay take care of Tampa Bay at home next week at Lambeau Field. Lions-Bears is another one where statistically, at least per the New York Times simulator, there's no real change either way. The Lions loss, I think would get, assuming Green Bay wins, would give Green Bay some small hope at maybe getting the division. Like it would give them more opportunity to do so. And a Bears win would give them a worse draft pick at the top of the draft. Now they still hold the Carolina you know, pick, so they're going to pick number one almost for sure anyway. But that second pick that they have, it could keep moving backwards. So in theory, I think uh, a Bears win and a Lions loss is probably the way to go. But a Bears win kind of shockingly gets them to five wins. Green Bay is only at six wins right now. Now they moved to seven with a win against New York, but all of a sudden the Bears have won some games recently. They start feeling a little bit more frisky and maybe that week 18 game becomes a little bit harder if, if Chicago puts together some wins towards the end of the season here. If they just keep losing by the time that week 18 game rolls around, Chicago's going to want to be done with the season. Matt Eberflus could be either fired already or knowing that he's going to get fired immediately after the game. Justin Fields is in flux. Like I think in in some capacity, maybe a Bears loss here isn't the worst thing in the world, but I'm going to kind of leave this one out of things, or maybe I'll just better say, like, leave it in your hands. If you want the, the Bears to win to give you a better shot at the division, totally get it and maybe take away some draft capital for Chicago. Maybe too, it keeps Maybe it keeps Eberflus and Fields around in Chicago, and maybe that's not the worst case scenario either. If you want them to lose though, and the Bears just to continue to be bad, knowing that Green Bay's probably not competing for the division anyway, and just kind of keep that wild card as what you're motivated towards and keeping the Bears, again, heading in the wrong direction, I would understand that one too. But per the New York Times simulator, this one doesn't really affect things too much either way. Panthers, Saints, no real mathematical difference here on the simulator either, but the Saints are far closer to the Green Bay uh, Packers in the wildcard standings. So I, I'm easily taking the Panthers here. And if the Panthers win, there's at least an outside shot where maybe Carolina gets one more win down the road and New England or someone wins out and maybe Chicago doesn't get the first pick in the draft. Not super concerned about that, but to me, it's very clear you'd rather have the Panthers win this one over the Saints. There's no benefit to the Saints winning. The Panthers aren't in the conversation. So give me the Panthers over the Saints. Rams at Ravens is a pretty big one as well. If the Rams win, it pushes Green Bay's probability down to 61%. Again, independent of what happens in that Packers-Giants game, but just as is, pushes Green Bay's uh, playoff probability to 61%. If the Ravens win, it pushes Green Bay's probability up to 72%. So uh, an 11% difference there, depending on that. It is in Baltimore. The Ravens are favored in that game, but definitely a clear and obvious team to cheer for Baltimore over the LA Rams. Vikings at Raiders. Shockingly, this one did not change the win probability or playoff probability for Green Bay really one way or the other, but clearly you want the Raiders to win. The Vikings are still very much in play for a wild card spot and a Raiders win doesn't hurt you at all. So Raiders win. Seahawks at 49ers. With a Seahawks win, it pushes Green Bay's playoff probability down to 63%. With a 49ers win, it pushes it up to 72%. So a 9% difference one way or the other. This is in San Francisco, also a game the 49ers are heavily favored in, but you're cheering for San Francisco on this one, no questions asked. Eagles at Cowboys doesn't change the probability all that much either way, but a Cowboys loss does potentially get you in that number five spot conversation rather than the number six or seven spot. So I think the easy and obvious answer here is to cheer for the Eagles and against the Cowboys. 
Two games that have no bearing on the Packers playoff seeding whatsoever, but you want to continue to cheer for, that is the Bills over the Chiefs. The Chiefs loss would continue to give you um, a better, excuse me, you want the Chiefs over the Bills, that would continue to give you a better Rizul Douglas pick. Uh, if the Bills win, that Rizul Douglas pick in the third round continues to get worse. And then Texans at Jets, you want the Texans to win. So that Jets pick in the second round keeps getting better and uh, hopefully ends up maybe closer to 33, 34, 35 in that range rather than somewhere in the 40s. So Texans and Chiefs, you want to win those games to help Green Bay's second and third round pick draft status. So let's do some what ifs here. What if Green Bay gets all the results to go their way? Packers, Falcons, Panthers, Ravens, Raiders, 49ers, and Eagles all win this week. Their playoff probability goes to 82%. And what if everything goes wrong? The Giants, Bucks, Saints, Rams, Vikings, Seahawks, Cowboys all win. Their playoff probability goes down to 31%. That is a 51% difference. Now, I don't think either outcome is logical. I wouldn't go putting a parlay on either one of those, but you can tell just how much this week matters. The difference in an 82% chance to make the playoffs and a 31% chance to make the playoffs is massive. So a lot to cheer for this week if you are a Packers fan. The good news is if all the favored teams win this week, if every team that's favored to win in those uh, specific matchups, that would be the Falcons, the Saints, the Ravens, the Vikings, the 49ers, the Cowboys, and the Packers. Those are all the teams that are favored in those key matchups. It would give Green Bay a 79% chance to go to the playoffs. The first things first, take care of business against the Giants on Monday Night Football. But if you're looking for your official cheer list this week, it is Packers, Falcons, Panthers, Ravens, Raiders, 49ers, Eagles, and then from a draft pick standpoint, Chiefs and Texans. Those are all the teams to cheer for. And then you could go either way on Lions or Bears, depending on what you specifically want to happen between those two teams. But one more time, Packers, Falcons, Panthers, Ravens, Raiders, 49ers, Eagles, Chiefs, and Texans. Hopefully those are the teams that go 9-0 in this particular week. That's going to do it for this bonus episode. You will hear me right back here tomorrow with an all new episode talking a little bit about what Brian Gutekunst was able to do this offseason and how it is paying huge dividends for Green Bay. So make sure to check that out. Huge shout out to our Hall of Fame and All Pro members, Most Hated Minnesotan, PJ Wynn, John Wilde, Shea Dad, Arnaldo Espinoza, Jennifer Wright, Boom Handle, Lori Lord, Donald Lee, Baby QB, and MB1023. Appreciate you guys a ton. If you haven't checked out Packaday Podcast memberships yet, what are you waiting for? Do it right now. I'll see you guys tomorrow, but until next time, and as always, go Paco. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.